Hi, and welcome to Phantasmal Farces Adventurize, where we delve into the world of entertainment and see if we can pull an adventure out of our arse. Our aim is to inspire and to show, so long as you look, almost anything can be a tabletop adventure. So don't be intimidated, and let's see what we can stitch together. I'm Alan, and I'm the forever GM McCastrix of a group of players in Wales. I love casting my fourth level arcane eye over stories and seeing how they translate into adventures. In this episode, we will be adventurizing Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. is a computer animated film produced by Pixar and directed by Pete Doctor. The film centers on two monsters, James P. Sully Sullivan and his one-eyed partner and best friend, Mike Wazowski. They work at Monsters Inc. generating power by scaring human children. However, the monster world believes that children are toxic, and when one sneaks into the factory, Sully and Mike must return her home before it's too late. Opinionize. Good evening, Rob. How are we today? Bonjour, boys, moi, je suis fatigué. Allez-vous français? Uh, no, but I, I, I'm sure that was that was that was beautifully put. <laughs> um, so. Monsters Inc. Our first, technically, arguably, this is our first uh, uh, fan choice. Is a is perhaps not the wrong word, but the first uh, one where we took a suggestion from something that uh, was mentioned on Twitter. Yeah, this is this is our first uh, listener suggestion. Um. Yeah. So. Obviously, that that mean that means there was a chance that we both didn't uh, perhaps like the subject matter. However, I'm going to, uh, you know, you can get off the edge of your seat. I really like um, Monsters Inc. Um, Pixar have a pretty good track record in general, but Monsters Inc. is right up there for me. It 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 might be a bit of nostalgia because of the uh, the age I was, or you know whatever but monsters inc finding nemo the incredibles that was you know a uh a pretty great three releases in a row for for pixar possibly their their best hat trick in my opinion right i'd agree yeah i mean i i would go so far as to say they they did more than the hat trick i think they went for um is it a bandit or a goose or a turkey? It's a turkey, isn't it, in bowling, where they get a couple of strikes in a row? It is, yeah. Turkey. Yeah, so I think they, they hit a turkey. Um, Toy Story was where it started off, yeah, don't get me wrong, and but it, they really started to pick up their stride. Um, and it was, it was just uh, hit after hit after hit, yeah. I mean, I saw this one, uh, maybe I'm showing my age now, I saw this one in the cinema. Uh, we were just old enough to drive, so we were able to... You know, have our freedom, and we just we decided to use that freedom to watch Monsters Inc. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's really good. It, it's got a nice nostalgic feel for me because uh, I watched it and I was like, yeah, Mike Mike Wazowski is the guy for me. He's he's the funny one. He's the fall guy. Uh, and then we went for a happy meal, and it was made extra special because I, I always said it's like I hope I get Mike Wazowski after watching the film. 
And I did. So it's like the stars aligned that day and it was just once the zinc book ended it. So it, it really is one of those things where you hear a song and, and it sort of brings back a nice memory where you're on a car drive stuck in traffic at the M6. Um, yeah, I, I, I like I like Monster Zinc for more than just it's uh, big being a solid film. I mean, it it uh, I don't want to say revolutionised, but it was the first time I'd heard of them recording the child's voice by just having an actual child um, run around a room playing, and they just had a boom mic over her. Um, I think she was she was a producer's daughter or something. Uh, uh, yeah, story storyboard artist, I think. But yeah, producer storyboard. It was about I remember. That's 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 definitely true. It was an inside job because then they don't have to pay her, I imagine. Because she was the biggest role pretty much in the film. Um but it it's got that authenticity there. So there's a sweet and sentimental and it just there's a genuineness to her to her voice and it 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 adds then to the character. Because that's all you're going with. You know, they although there's facial features, they're man-made. It's not a genuine, you know, it's a voice part. Um, and it hits you right in the fields. It's uh, yeah, it was brilliant. All, lock, stock, and barrel. It's it's the full, um, it's the full package. They went on to explore a little bit more, you know, of the universe. But I was happy just to stay in the the the, um, the, the power plant. Yeah, it was yeah, good film. Mechanize. So. The thing with mechanizing Monsters Inc. is I think Monsters Inc. has a perfect flow in terms of its storyline. It has a little bit of world building. Then Boo entering the monster world is the call to adventure. Uh, then Water Noose's betrayal signals the, you know, the the turn of the story, and they come back to save the day. Um like it's it's got very easy to map beats, but it hits them so well that it's almost perfectly um, paced. So a game would be difficult to pace right. That's my first thought of that. Was my first thought that I think Monsters Inc.'s pacing is so perfect. You've got that's a big kind of ask from any kind of GM or player player base to kind of hit that. Um, so I personally would not be trying to emulate the story exactly because I think I'd always feel I failed to kind of get that same um, perfect story beats everywhere. Um, but my second thought, it was obviously my my... Uh, my normal question of where do the players go and there's quite a few places players can fit in here um the kind of first initial kind of uh standard campaign you know if you're adding this to your existing campaign you know you've already got your players um they get called to a village where um if it's D or you know space station if you're playing something space-based uh but children are reporting monsters under their bed or in the the closet um and the players find the doors to monsters world and then they enter into the monster world and uh, 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 uh and get to there do you have any thoughts on on 
kind of like the initial setup of how you get the players in? Uh, well, it's, I suppose the, I've, given that we've done several of these episodes now, I'm more than happy not to just recreate Monsters, Inc. in its natural habitat. It'd be like Titanic, you know? You, you know how it's going to end. Um, yeah. So with this, you wouldn't really need a starting point. You could introduce it however you wanted to, just like you'd said. Um, I certainly wouldn't be looking to recreate Monsters, Inc. from scratch, but taking the idea of it and running with it from there. So having children reporting monsters, um, having, you know, depends, you know, if you're, if you're already adding it into um, a pre-existing campaign, or it could just be a one-shot, just one of these things where you just pick it up and go, you say that it's perfectly paced and everything, it would be hard to recreate, but there's nothing stopping you when you've got monsters in to just faff around. Um, particularly in the the third act of the film, where they realise that the laughter is the best medicine or the best power, you're going to be knocking around and you're going to be pratfalling. You're going to be telling stupid jokes, jokes that would make children laugh. Uh, the litmus test for this is my four-year-old, what's what shakes and flies in the sky? A jellycopter. That apparently is the best joke that he's ever heard lately. <clears throat> and he will tell it to you ad nauseum. Um, so yeah, you could be doing that at the table, and yeah, I mean that's where Christmas crackers is going to come in handy. If you can save, if you can save your Christmas cracker jokes, and then play this in January, you, you're going to be spoiled for choice of of jokes and and stuff like that. Um, if of course then you will go in for the first act where scaring the children was the the real bread and butter, then that's where you can take a bit more of a darker turn. It depends on whose perspective. Are you the child? In which case, it's going to be scary. Or are you the monster? In which case, you know, how do you feel about it? It's just a job to you. But do you feel sorry for them? Because they they do have the propaganda of uh, children being bad and all the rest of it. So <clears throat> there's a lot of different things to, to sort of look into it that way, you know, and how you would, uh, how we would frame it. So beginning is not a problem for me. I would say how you framed it would dictate how you began, really. I hadn't actually considered playing as children. That would be uh, quite interesting. Um, obviously, there are a few um, RPG systems that are kind of uh, not necessarily solely about playing children, but um, there are systems out there where playing a child is kind of like the the um, the assumed way you're going to play it, um, like kids on bikes, uh, bubble gum shoe, um, and others. Um, I hadn't considered using children, which is a complete different perspective shift, and and like you say, turns it into a. Um, basically a horror game because you would be these children who suddenly find out that monsters are real. Um, but you could still, I guess, do the same same thing because um, that's a, that's a, an interesting thing of sneaking it in through the back door because the the players wouldn't necessarily know that you're doing a Monsters Inc. game if you started 
as um, the children. So it would be all scary. Yeah, because it would be all scary, but keep the same the keep the truth the same that monsters are not actually scary, and let the players come to that conclusion on their own. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Um, another idea I had was if you're going down the the path of of monsters, you sort of you're behind the looking glass. You know, you've peeked behind the curtain. You know what it's all about. So rather than being in the world of monsters, why not be where you're an exiled monster? So you're having to live in the Himalayas with Yeti and evading detection and just trying to live your life and, you know, try and maybe find redemption of some sort. Constantly being annoyed and resenting, you know, Bigfoot always being caught on camera and things like that. You know, so there's there's that angle as well. You don't have to be a monster at Monsters Inc. doing his nine to five. You can be off the leash, as it were. Yeah, because that's an, another thing I hadn't thought of. Because you know, if you are the Yeti is or Abominable Snowman, as he's you know his two names, uh, he he's a bit of a weird one because obviously he's he's out in the in the Arctic, but yeah, you could be a a team of Bigfoot type creatures or, you know, monsters as you see fit. Um, and say that they, you know, they need to get some food or something and make it almost like a heist isn't a heist is probably the closest kind of story, you know, as in go into the human world, you know, get the the stuff you're you you want get out without without alerting the humies yeah <clears throat> that was another way so taking the universe rather than monsters inc itself um and 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 sort of expanding on it ever so slightly because we kind of have a glimpse into that world of of the abominable snowman and uh played by john ratzinger who's in every pixar film um so yeah it was just a, another aspect or another thing that you could go with do you know of these exiled monsters similar to say for example an it situation where you would know when you were a child you were always afraid of monsters and you've heard of two monsters three monsters you know these exiled ones uh living up in the mountains do you go after them and hunt them uh, only to find that they just they're just like you just trying to get by you know there's there's always that yeah uh, the... Go ahead. Oh, all I was going to say is another part of Monsters Inc. that I would, that you could possibly build your game around is every, well, certainly in um, computer games, video games, uh, everyone's favorite type of mission, the escort mission. You, uh, is that where you get to beat them up after and get your money back? I'm, I'm on about escort missions outside the Grand Theft Auto franchise. Oh, different escort. Okay. Um, yeah, but basically, you know, like a an NPC that you have that follows you, and you have to keep safe from threats. Um, you've also got the Monsters Inc. thing of perhaps not only do you have to keep them safe, but you have to keep them hidden. So if they become unhidden, not only do you have to protect them from damage, but you have to damage control the. Uh, 
that you know the people yeah so uh you know someone who's seen them you know depending on the tone of your game you know you could murder them but you know you could discredit them uh bribe them you know but you've got this kind of two two um parts you've got to keep them safe but also keep it under wraps and uh and and juggling that because that's another another part of the film outside of the world building and the plot is that there uh there obviously is a little bit of you know sully juggling basically looking after boo and keeping her secret from those around him and you could you could play it like say if you were if you depending on your tone you could either play it for laughs or for drama you know you could have hilarious hijinks as they're trying to keep everything secret or you could make it a very dangerous uh risky um situation i think monsters inc does that well in fact it has the she's loose in the bathroom and he's playing hide and seek or peekaboo um and then it's also she's in great peril where she's fallen into the trash compactor but it's also got a bit of levity because of sully's reaction constantly fainting and turning to to jelly but then the flip side of that is randall shows up uh, played by the incomparable uh, Steve Buscemi. Um, and that's with... I, I don't know why, but it, the, just thinking about it just ratchets up the tension. I can... I, you know, it, it evokes that feeling of tension just thinking about it. So, um, yeah, it uh, it does that both quite well. So, for inspiration, check out the source material. Okay. Um, another thing that I was also thinking about, and I know I've mentioned it before, but I'd like to get your your thoughts as well. Is if you were to play a a recreation, what and for this thought experiment, we're going to be running it in D and D. Okay. Uh, what classes would you assign Sully and Mike? My choice is Mike is a bard, definitely. He's you know, bards are famous for having the cantrip vicious mockery, and even um, you know the people he loves, like Sully. Uh, vicious mockery is a is a fair uh, summation of his character, I would say. You you know he's he he is a good guy, but uh, he's got a he's got a quick tongue. You know, brought brought to life by Billy Crystal, um, but yeah. And also as well, he you know, he has his little um burst into song moments that, you know, put that thing back uh, was it? Put that thing back where it came from. Oh, so helped me. You know, he's got he's Yeah, he's got his little burst into song. So Mike for me is a bard without question, and I don't think there's any kind of multi-classing or anything. Sully I found quite difficult because my initial thought was seeing him as the protector of Boo. I went straight for Paladin, the kind of classic defender uh, archetype kind of thing. But he's effectively a very large brute force based character who 
certainly in uh when he's um a scarer his scaring is, is pretty much based about putting on anger and physical intimidation so i thought that would also be a barbarian and I, I, I kind of flip between the two, and part of me wants to take the easy way out and say that he would be a multi-class between Paladin and Barbarian, but p part of me also thinks that I'm just not being creative enough, and I should be able to put him fully in one camp or the other. What, what's your thoughts on this? If you were to be... If you were um, sitting down and making Sully and Mike as D&D characters, what, what's your thoughts? Uh, well, as you say, it, it's, it's without question, it, Mike would definitely be uh, a bar. There, there is no question about it. He's, he's the Joker, the character, the face of the group. He's the talky man. He, there's, there's, no, there's no two ways about it. Um, he, I mean, you're right. He does have... The brute strength of a barbarian, uh, but he's got a good heart. So I mean, possibly cleric for the lawful, uh, the lawful good side of it, rather than paladin, who would get their oath, who would get their power from an oath. Having saying that, though, um, if you went full one or the other, a paladin who uses their oh, you got me started now. A paladin who uses their main characteristic of strength. Yeah, uses the oath of uh, devotion, maybe. Redem no, maybe redemption. Definitely not conquest. Definitely not vengeance or open sea. Probably not crown either. So, yeah, I would probably go for devotion. I would go um, strength as the main stat on an oath of devotion, probably in heavy armor, um, looking to go for heavy sort of uh, intimidation style things as well. Yeah. Um, so for anyone listening, I know Rod's asked, um, he said, I'm interested in what other people think, but um, it's my turn to say that because I'd really like to uh, hear what other people's thoughts on uh, basically that little challenge you're making sully and mike as dnd characters how would you do it um because yeah I, I i think ultimately i would go i i think you've convinced me i i, I think i would go um, mike is a bard um i'm not sure on the subclass but paladin of devotion i i think that that puts it with strength you know with a focus on strength that puts it more that puts sully where i see him i think um as for bardic i mean there's so many new ones now isn't there i mean uh who, what other ones have we got now that um because he recently came out with uh tasha's cauldron so i'm not sure what new colleges there are um Probably not glamour. Maybe uh, whispers, but with a twist, I would say probably because he's not really spy sort of. Um, to borrow from Game of Thrones, he's not really like uh, Valor or whatever his name was. Uh, 
the Spider King or whatever his name is. Um, maybe Valor. I would probably go Glamour or Valor. Well, not even Glamour. No, Valor. I'm just going to stick my neck up and say Valor. Okay, cool. Um, and so another thing Monsters Inc. Goes, Monsters Inc. actually, like, it's... It, it, it's got a lot of almost um, classic D&D or, or things that map quite well to classic D&D. Because the other thing it's got is the doors, i.e. interdimensional travel. I know in D&D it's called interplanar travel, but ultimately you, the, you could call the monster world the monster plane and the human world the human plane, and it fits quite well in a d d context with all the doors. Um, you could even use it as just like a, a, a plane hopping kind of adventure uh, using either, I'm not sure which one you'd say is the hub world, or maybe you'd add this into another, another plane hopping campaign. You've already decided your hub world, and the monster's world can just be another spoke uh um running off if you want to do that or yeah. you you could make the hopping around from door to door part of the adventure um but yeah oh. that... go on sorry um but yeah planar play or planar travel or dimension travel um you know that 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 kind of brings us into a kind of a classic you know, certainly Dungeons and Dragons trope. I just wondered if if that was something you'd picked up on and and yeah. had ideas on. Well, yes, you have actually stumbled upon one of the points I was going to raise, actually. Uh, but I'll I'll quickly add. Yes, I would argue that the monster world isn't the hub world. Uh, Yggdrasil or whatever the the center of the universe would be um, would be something else. Maybe you know. Who knows, there is an argument to say that all of the Pixar worlds are connected in some way. Um, so maybe the Pixar lot itself, you know, the studio itself is is Yggdrasil in that world. Um, so maybe that's how it works, if you're going to do it that way. Because um, then, if that's the case, what's to say that you're not going to jump into a world of talking toys, or anthropomorphic vehicles, or... Um, talking fish yeah that's that's the thing you could make a you could make a whole lot of planes i I see what you did there basically just using pixar franchises you could make a whole load of different planes of existence question for another time certainly um but yeah to borrow from another cartoon this one hanna barbera I always focused on the one thing that if I was going to run a campaign or an, uh, a one shot, the idea I would pull from is that there'd be a chase scene where it's like an episode of Scooby-Doo or a scene from Scooby-Doo where you're entering and exiting all the, all the doors. They did it in Monsters, Inc. as well. So, but then you go from one to the other, to the next, to the next. Because you're being chased, you do it with such abandon, you don't really care where you're going. Um, so who knows where that could lead you then? You could have a session in each place, for example. You could open up in a Scottish manner, for argument's sake. Um, not to 
evoke brave you because there's no way you could go without pixar already having been um you know you could you could go to a see if i say tropical island you got moana there's no winning okay pixar's done it all all right <laughs> so ignore pixar but you could be lots of different places the you could go from one place to the other and then that brings up its whole little uh uh sort of adventure in and of itself i would certainly put uh counting your your inventory I know it's it's a very gauche thing. People don't do this. Um, you know, insert Black Panther meme. We don't do this shit. But you'd have to. If you're running from place to place, you'd need to measure and track your food um, and whatever else you happen to be carrying as well, just for that added element so that you're not being all wishy-washy, in my opinion. If you were going to be running through my dormies, you'd be careful about it. Uh, but yeah, that's that. What do you think of that one? To to go not so much from plane to plane, but be chased through and have to navigate what is on the other side of that door. Um, I think that is very good. Um, I like the idea of it. I, I know it kind of breaks the Scooby Doo um, kind of pacing, but I did like the the idea that perhaps you know putting a session. Uh, uh, in between or at least you know a good kind of hour or two of gameplay uh i do like that which i know takes away from the kind of uh kind of benny hill you know playing the benny hill theme and running through doors you know left and right and moving up and down the perspective like on scooby-doo i know it does take away from the kind of immediacy but the the idea that you're running and just the session's goal is just trying to get to the next uh um the next hop i i i do like that the next quantum leap you mean yes and the next leap would be the leap home but that's that's actually quite tragic because it is it is it is canon that he never makes it home Spoiler alert, by the way. But yes, I saw that episode, not realizing it was the last one. Because uh, in ye old days, oh, here we go. In ye old days, you just used to watch the television. It never used to give you series and episode number. So yeah. I watched it and uh, I was like, well, shucks. There also, as well, I think it was like cancelled like bef after they'd already filmed it all so they couldn't have a proper ending they just put a, a thing on the end saying you never made it home yeah they did say that but there was a whole reason why that episode actually said that he you know although the the, the prologue epilogue epilogue just says that he continues jumping to this day uh he he sacrificed you know he he did a selfless act to not continue jumping I don't remember, and that's probably um, uh, something for another time. Yes, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's so much to talk about with Monsters Inc. I mean, I think we've covered much everything that we can from the top of our heads. Uh, so yes, everyone, uh, Alan has asked you to type um, or give us suggestions as to what you would have as a D and D class. Um, I'd like to hear if any suggestions as to what you would, how you would run it. Would you want to just be Monsters Inc. from start to finish? Um, 
or are you going to go through all the doors or are you going to do an escort mission where you uh, protect someone as opposed to an escort escort mission um notes are in the uh, of how to get in contact with us are in the, the show notes systemize okay so with system i didn't have any kind of very strong feel um initially but like i said um the the plot line and the story and the world does play into a lot of uh dungeons and dragons tropes um so i would pro and i would definitely want a game with hive survivability or maybe a game that doesn't have death on the cards at all um because i would i wouldn't want to base right that was if it's a categorically uh monsters inc game because i wouldn't i would want to keep the pixar feel i wouldn't want them to fail the day would need to be saved um so dungeons and dragons fifth edition would be an obvious choice but maybe something like dungeon world which is a um, powered by the apocalypse game that emulates dungeons and dragons type things um i agree with the survivability side of things um so trying to because i would say monsters of the week is quite a good one um because similar to powered with the well it is powered by the apocalypse um and kids on bikes you know it, it, it allows you to be a human character and also um well more of a hybrid but nevertheless still a monster so you could use that rule set to allow you to be both um maybe a little bit of uh groups as well general universal generic universal roleplay system um but if it's rules like you're going for then uh, yeah fifth edition could work um acme if you're really gonna go you know balls to the wall silliness and uh adventurized bingo cards at the ready could always have a light-hearted version of dread um but if you're going to lean into being the children where fear is a, a large part of it then just a straightforward game of dread um the new hack for fifth edition kickstarter of symborium uh i think i believe is finished and was successful uh which lends heavily to sort of the deep dark wood sort of aesthetic um that may also be of, of use to yourself particularly again if you're going on that that hunting journey for the the uh, the monsters that you have heard rumors of or again you're the monsters just trying to survive these hunters who knows that you know you may perceive them as as human but they are just a dangerous threat as uh, as a monster would be to us summarize um, so the the question would we be interested in in what we've been talking about? And my answer is a bit of a of a yes and a no because I definitely think I would enjoy it. It would be fun, um, but there definitely is a warm kind of fuzzy feeling you get watching, especially the Pixar films like Monsters Inc. Um, that would be very hard to replicate by a game. So although I do think it would be fun, I think I'd watch it, feel it wasn't, it didn't give me quite the same, and I'd want to immediately run out and 
and watch um, Monsters Inc. or Finding Nemo or something like that. Um, what about yourself? Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely give it a go. I'd, I'd love to try and play something. Because, um, like I say, there's so many different perspectives, but I really like the idea of uh, blindsiding your characters. That's always a nice way of doing it. I mean, yes, it does sound rather cruel to do, but uh, it, it's it's an interesting experience where suddenly the light bulbs go off. Um, yeah. And if, they, if they're good players, um, unlike myself, they'll keep it themselves to themselves, and you might start to see knowing looks towards you whereby i would just go blurting it out and go i know what you're doing and it maybe ruin the surprise for everyone else but uh yeah i think it would be a nice to to sort of catch someone uh i like the idea of doors and things like that exploring because that's got some legs to me you could make an adventure of that over several months uh or a season for argument's sake if you were running say what would i give you maybe 16 uh sessions if you're doing it weekly so you could have you know 16 different uh mapped areas you could only set it in one room if needs be you know almost like uh an escape room type situation um where you can set a few puzzles or you could have it where it's inhabited with humans and again you have to sneak past them there's lots of different things that you could do with that um so yeah i would i would certainly like to try my idea um and i do like the idea of yours being blindsided as well that's fun so uh yeah yes to both oh so i think there's not much more to say apart from uh it's you know thanks for listening and goodbye oh we've got to do a proper wrap-up i mean please you know get in touch with us we've got a twitter um we've got an affiliate link as well uh please have a look uh, the the company is Firestone Games. They're a local uh, friendly gaming store. They offer ten percent discounts, uh, up to fifteen percent discounts, I think, uh, for the majority of their stock. Use our affiliate link. We get a small commission for that. Doesn't cost you anything extra. They ship worldwide at no extra charge. So by all means, please do go and use that. That will certainly help keep the lights on with us. Um, and get in touch. The you know the the more we know that people out there are enjoying what we're hearing the more likely we are to continue. So please uh, give us ideas as well. There's only so much we can do before it starts to become another horror film. We'd love to hear your suggestions. What he said. So that was our episode on Monsters, Inc. Hope you got some good ideas out of it. So next time you need something that inspires you, you won't just theorise, but adventurise. And if you do, please let us know. Um, all the social links to socials found in the show notes and we'll catch you next time